If there's such a word, I'm going to say it anyway. Amen. Now you're walking like you're broke as a junk you can't even pay attention because you don't spoke it. Not only are you casting it into the atmosphere and now you're conducting yourself and you're making a self-fulfilling prophecy, what we call it. You're prophesying to yourself and you're filling that prophecy. Here's what happens. If you've been with the wrong one, you need to start speaking, I'm going to wait for the right one and walk as if the right one's on the way even when you can't see. Amen. You follow me so far? So point number two, I need to watch how I walk. I need to watch what I say. I need to watch how I walk. And watch this. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all, my, all your need according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But my God shall supply all your needs shall supply all your needs according to the riches and glory by or through Christ Jesus. Write this down your note. I need to stop being anxious. Amen. Anxiety is sin. Anxiety occurs where there's a lack of absence of faith. People believe that God can cure cancer because they don't have cancer. But if you had cancer, would you have enough faith to believe that God can cure you of it? I'm going somewhere this morning. With me so far. Amen. Luke, so watch this. I need to stop with anxious. Luke. 128, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hell, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. They're talking to Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hell, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Watch this. There's two words here. The first word, let's deal with blessed. Write this down. Blessed means needs are met. Favor is always more than expected. You with me so far? Yeah. I'll help you. You're blessed to get a new car. But your blessing is based upon how much you qualify for and how much of a down payment you can put down. Favor says, I don't care about your down payment. I don't care about your credit score. What car do you want on the lot? Amen, amen. You follow me more than expected. That's favor. Now, I'll help you this morning. Favor is not fair, but it's final. Yes. So when other people are blessed just to get into a job interview, favor says, I'm coming to claim what's mine. Amen. You with me so far? So watch this thing. So... Now, let's go to Luke, look at Luke 6.38. And I'll read it to you again. Luke 6.38 says, Give. Most will stumble right there. Give. Give. And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured back to you again. Watch this. The same way you give it shall come back to you. The reason why most people can't give because they don't know how to give. The reason why most folks can't give, they haven't learned how to give. Christian folks have no problem taking from God, but they have a real struggle when it comes time to give it back. Now to give means to invest. Now you're giving is not always money. It's about investing in somebody else. Invest in someone else, and God will return that investment back to you. So your note here is, I need to learn how to invest. I need to learn how to invest. And
and slash and stop being so selfish. I need to learn how to invest and stop being so selfish. You're going to see where this goes in the message this morning. Matthew 7, 6. And watch this. We just saw what it said in Luke to give, right? Now Matthew 7, 6 says, give not. Right? It's crazy. Give, but now it says give not. It says, give not that which is holy unto the dog, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Wow. So what's this saying? This is what it's saying. As God is blessing you, everyone is not worthy to share what God has blessed you with. Yes. You got to be able to discern who's worthy to be, to be blessed by you and who's not worthy. I'll help you. You have a friend that works who's not paying their rent with their paycheck. They're going to pay their rent with the money they borrow from you. If they do pay with the money they borrow from you, they're going to really pay you back. If they can't manage $50, One of the greatest lies that believers love to tell, Lord, if I had more, I'd do more. No, you wouldn't. Lord, if you had more, you just mess up more. Pray about it. We all become the greatest witnesses when we're broke. Lord, if you just bless me with a few more, Lord, lie, 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 I'm pants on fire. So it says, give not, give not that which is holy. To the dog, neither cast your prayer before swine, lest they trample you, trample them under their feet, and turn them in bring you. People have no idea at times what it means to receive blessings from God. And they cannot appreciate what you're doing for them. The scripture says the very ones that you turn their blessings over to will be the very ones that will turn on you. Yes. Think about that. Have you ever helped somebody when you couldn't help them again? They got real nasty. Talked about to turn on you? Yeah. You got two kinds of folks. You got, you got one who will say, you know what, even though this person has money, I'm still going to pay them back. You got the other one that says, they got money, they get it, I give it to them. Really? I have a cousin, I haven't had a cousin. I lent my cousin money, I had to borrow it back to pay myself back. <laughs> it's a shame you got to borrow money from the person you lend it to just so you can get it back from them. Right about so far. Let's get to the text. Let's look at Luke. Luke 12, 16 through 20. Watch this thing. Today, we're looking at a very familiar text commonly known among theologians as the parable of the rich fool. And I'd like to use for a thought this morning a sundown shocker. A sundown shocker. Amen. Now we'll take notes in the back of the bulletin, right? It's sundown shocker. Amen. The rich fool. You have to admit that's a strange labor to give a man who was resolutely successful while the rest of his peers were living hand to mouth. This farmer knew how to build a hedge farm. Amen. He was determined never to go home like his neighbors. Instead, he achieved the ultimate success. He finally reached that comfort level he so definitely desired. He now had plenty of rainy day reserves. Watch this. His neighbors would say he was set for life. Is that what life is all about? Are we born to work hard and to accumulate as much wealth as we can before we die? I guess to some that sounds good.
But let's look more deeply to the facts surrounding this rich fool and see if that's all there is to life. Parables, church, are teaching moment. Amen. And, and Jesus fashioned this parable around four formidable problems of this rich farmer and how he handled them. Problem number one, the farmer's prosperity. Jesus began the parable with the declaration of a success. He says in verse 16, verse 16, he says, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. It appeared that this man, by cultural standards, he was already rich. And his field, once again, yielded, the Bible says, plentifully. And the original Greek plentifully, euphoria, which means to bear well or be fertile, is the root word of our own English, euphoric or euphoria. In the Hebrew, it would have been rabah, which means to multiply by the myriad. Jesus painted a picture of a man who finds himself with substantial wealth. He went from rich to super rich, from more than enough to having too much. And I imagine this farmer was happy glad. Jesus chose a wealthy man for his parable because he was planning to make a point here, but it's also a good way to get people to, to pay attention to what you have to say. Wealth has a certain ring to it, doesn't it? There are a few of us who would not want to be in this man's shoes or his sandals. To say it was then, no different then as it is now. Everybody follows the money and admit it. We all want the money, honey, don't we? Amen. There's no way we consider wealth a problem, would we? If you won a million dollar lottery tomorrow, your first thought would not be, how am I ever going to handle all that wealth, would it? Amen. When it comes to riches, affluence, fortune, opulence, bling, we all say, bring it on, don't we? Amen. So why is this man's wealth a problem, or as we say, and I'm getting an issue. Amen. The issue is that as a godly man, he has to decide how he's going to respond to this new arrival of wealth. He can't ignore it. He can't pretend it's not there. Remember, Jesus is teaching us something this morning, and he wants you to see that the farmer's eyes are focused on his wealth. His plenty is all that he sees. Are you feeling this farmer yet? Amen. You should be because this rich farmer is you and I. Watch this now. Problem number two, the farmer's puzzle. Look at verse 17. What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? I'm going somewhere this morning. It's decision time. That's the trouble with wealth. You have to decide what to do with it. Amen. It has to be stored somewhere or spent on something or invested somehow. The rich man was a farmer. His windfall was grain. I know it says fruit, but he didn't grow apples. The staples that particularly died were wheat and barley. Amen. The farmer's fruits were his fields of grain. He stored his grains in barns, and he had more grain in this year than his barns could hold. Amen. This was the season of a bumper crop. Amen. What a problem to have. Amen. Most of us wish we could find ourselves with a bumper crop of anything of value, especially cash. Amen. It would take us about one minute to see this, not as a mess, but as a miracle. You know how we get, as soon as money come in, the first thing we yell, thank you, God, you were right on time. Yes. Amen. This rich man says in the verse, what shall I do? Amen. That would not be your first thought, would it? What shall I do? Is that after you cash the check or before? Is that after you buy a new car or before? Is that after 
or before. The problem is not what you do with your excess. The flesh can figure that out quick enough. Amen. The problem is letting your wealth become the focus of all of your attention. Amen. For some Christians, a sudden windfall like this will be exposure time. Yeah. My God. Amen. Wealth out of way. Ripping the cover off a fake, a fake face smoke screen. Amen. And will reveal the real person that you actually are. See, it's very easy to be humble. We don't have a whole lot, is it? Amen. 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 But as soon as we start getting a little headway, getting a little extra dough in our pocket, we start acting funny, don't we? My God. Some Christians discover that it's things they really worship and not God. Yeah. Amen. For too many wealth has a way of squeezing God out. Amen. And you wonder why you say, well, Lord, how come I've never had a financial breakthrough? Because God Exactly. 
my money on me. It's mine. And somebody felt that way. Hey, man, it's my money. I earned it. Understand me. Money only has fingers, not others. The Lord giveth, the Lord will take away. Amen. Watch this. I remind you of another parable, the parable of the tax. Watch this. They should remember that one. The wealthy master gives each of his servants a sum of money called talents. One talent worth a thousand dollars. It's the master's money, but he loans it to his servants to be used to trade. All three servants received a generous loan. Even the servant who received one talent because a thousand dollars was a pretty generous sum in biblical times. All three understood that the master was making an investment through them. He had a right to expect a return on his dollar. Two servants invested wisely and gave the master justly deserved a good profit. But the third buried his $1,000 in the ground, and when the master came collecting, the servant had no profit for his Lord. What's the lesson? Here's the lesson. The blessings you see from God are loans, and God expects a return on his investment. Amen. They are meant to be shared and to be multiplied. Amen. How are you doing with God's investment in you? Are you a squanderer? Amen. Lavish taste and a poor man's purse? Reckless, wasteful, extravagant, careless? Do you hoard your cash? Bank every penny? Tight-fisted? Miserly? Stingy? God loves a cheerful giver who invests in his kingdom. And the problem with being stingy and tight-fisted, nothing can get out and nothing can get in. My Lord. Problem number four. The farmer's power. Look at verse 20 this morning. Verse 20. Problem number four. The farmer's power. And God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose things, who, then who shall those things be? I told you, a sun down shocker. Amen. I hear a farmer now. Wait a minute, Lord, I thought I had more time. It's like I had a sand cry. You're going to be crying out, wait a minute, Lord, I thought I had more time. Amen. You can't wait to get yourself together. Amen. God has to be the one to take control of your life and get you together. All you will do is die and go to hell trying to get you together. Watch this. It's not your talent. 
not your gifts, it's God. Yeah. God is the one who blesses us. Never think that you're so good at anything that you don't need God. Understand this morning. It's God who makes the way out of nowhere. We got a lot of folks, a lot of towns undiscovered. Why? Because they're picking up on their towns and not God. God can use anyone from the uppermost to the guttermost, everybody in between. My God. We may think the harvest from his fields are ours alone, but it's just alone. It's just alone. God owns everything. I'll help you. Watch how God works. I have to tell you a story. I, I remember as a minister, I went through a period where I had knowingly stopped tithing in the church. I knew it. I stopped. And it was fascinating me because I remember I drove to Bible study and I came out of Bible study and my car would not stop. And I was like, wow. It was amazing. And God knows the truth. And the amount of repair was just about what I had not put in the church. Now, here's the principle here. Don't give to God. Don't. But I can assure you that God will come and get it. And the problem is we didn't realize that God is taking it from you through the car breaking down, through something popping up unexpectedly financially. And you say, Lord, where's that money coming from? Well, when you, if you gave it to God, understand me, God can do more with your small check in his hand than you can ever do with all of it in your hand. Amen. Little becomes much when it's placed in the master's hand first. If you don't trust God with a dollar, a dime out of a dollar, how do you trust God to get you to heaven? Secure the infinite cost of Calvary and water by her love and 
Christian world and save my people? Are you doing that? God has invested the uncertain riches of his grace in us, and Jesus charged us to shower on impoverished humanity. The rich farmer shot sundown shot was a shocker, but George doesn't have to be. His sundown was a shocker, but George doesn't have to be. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, if in this life only we have hope, in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. There is more to God's kingdom than what this world has to offer you. Amen. There is eternal life, and isn't that worth our soul's investment to nurture you on live forever? Jesus said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all 